After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Good Pods, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find our show. Also, make sure to check out fivereasons.com. Brady Hawk is always pumping out the best heat content in the market, all for free, mind you. And also check out our, our YouTube channel because all of the uh, great content that you can find on all those podcast apps eventually finds its way onto our YouTube channel. So subscribe there uh, and like that content and um, get notified of when we go live and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Um, but before we get into tonight's episode, I want to start off by telling you about one of my personal favorite sponsors, and that's Therapist Preferred. They're a CBD company founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to maximize performance and recovery for active people. 100% TH free. Don't worry about that drug test stuff. Third-party lab verified. All products made in the USA. Cutting-edge technology from they use organically grown hemp. Uh, some of the most popular products are some of the ones that I've that I have tried myself: the CBD sports cream, the strawberry lemonade gummies, apple, uh, the green apple gummies, really, really good. Sometimes they send you a little sample pack when you get an order. That's always nice. Um, all of them are great. Uh, you all you have to do is use promo code five RSN for twenty five percent off. That's huge, twenty five percent off your order plus free shipping. That's code five RSN. Shop now at therapistpreferred.com. Uh, you can also follow them on Twitter at Therapist Preferred. And now, today's episode. Yay! Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Yo, yo, welcome back to Five on the Floor. We are switching up the way that it sounds when we start these shows. Um, I am your host, Greg Sylvander, no Ethan Skolnick today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, today's floor plan, we are going to delve into Duncan Robinson. And uh, with me here to do so is Alex Toledo at, uh, at Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk. Um, I cannot say his name in any other um, accent. So Brady Hawk it is. And you can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Um, 
So we're going to talk about Duncan Robinson. That's where we want to start. Um, it's funny, like, I guess as I'm teeing up this topic and, and we're going to get into a column that uh, Brady wrote on uh, fivereasonsports.com about Duncan Robinson that dropped today that I thought was really uh, illuminating in a lot of ways as it relates to this topic. But if there's one guy that I think Heat fans probably right now are a little underwhelmed by um, to start, would you guys agree? It's probably if you had to point a finger at a starter, it's Duncan Robinson, right? Maybe some PJ Tucker stuff. Um, I feel like I've heard particularly loud noises surrounding the shooting percentages with Duncan, and you just expect him to always be lights out, and that hasn't happened yet. Um, I personally don't think it's a big deal. Like, that's the last thing to worry about with Duncan Robinson. So to me, like these other things we're seeing from him, the uh, new actions that they're running with him, but but more than that, just the the intuitive stuff he's doing on the offensive end, I think is all really um, great indicators for him being uh, able to be a contributor, you know, in clutch situations, we'll say, I won't say closing, but clutch situations. Brady, I thought you really kind of broke it down in a granular way in your column on fivereasonsports.com. Uh, that column is titled the Duncan Robinson dribble handoff shift out of bio to Butler. So Brady, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about what's happening there that's different from what Heat fans saw last year and the implications of it. Yeah, I think when people hear the dribble handoff, I think they like initially just think negative things because of what they saw from kind of limiting Bam Adebayo last season where it was the same spot every single game. It was him looking from sideline to sideline instead of looking from basket to basket. Um, and every part of their offense revolved around that Bam to Duncan Robinson handoff. And I think the interesting thing is that Kyle Lowry being added to the equation uh, shifts things for Jimmy. It shifts things for Tyler. Uh, you see Bam now playing off the weak side. You see Bam being able to become that, you know, straight up scorer that Pat Riley talked about before the season. And now you're seeing Butler kind of become that handoff guy for Duncan Robinson. I think PJ Tucker was the guy I kind of expected to be that guy. And I think Markeith Morris was another one that kind of slipped my mind when thinking about who would kind of take up in that area. But Jimmy's done it at a very effective level that I don't think many expected. Looking at that Indiana game, they couldn't get anything going offensively. Like that was the definition of in the mud of a game that you could possibly think of. And in the third quarter, they basically just spammed Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler handoffs in, in isolation possessions. Jimmy couldn't get it going. He was finding himself one-on-one -on -one constantly over and over, which he usually is going to take that jumper. But he was waiting for Duncan to come around the, the outside. He was handing it off and Jimmy would slip and it was – an easy bucket. Then right after that, again, they did the same thing, the same exact play. It looks pretty identical. If you go back and watch it, it was one was at like the nine minute mark. The other was at the six minute mark of the third quarter. They looked identical right after that. Carlisle called timeout to kind of switch some things with Miami, kind of figuring some things out. And right after that, they, instead of blitzing Duncan Robinson, every time two guys would fly Duncan, this time Brogdon's waiting for the slip, just kind of sliding back with Jimmy. And then Duncan, that's kind of, where he kind of reacts now and he takes us to the rim and he ends up getting a bucket by the rim. And that's the next stage for him. Like if he's able to do that when defenses are overreacting to him in that way, and he's able to go to the basket and get a bucket is kind of exactly what you want. Like you mentioned, you know, the three pointer is going to come eventually. That's all good. But when you have that element to add in that type of combo that he did not have last season with Bam, like as much as we talk about, he developed the pocket pass, which was kind of the expansion of, of him being a threat. But now if he's able to do that, I think we look at it a little bit differently. Um, but I think it's just interesting. I think it's something you're going to see more. 
And, and when Duncan kind of really gets going again, like he was last season shooting the basketball, I think you're going to see that, that Jimmy taking over that role for Bam to kind of unlock him in that way. No, I, I definitely agree. And something you pointed out in the column that I wanted Alex to kind of expand on a little bit more is uh, when, when Butler plays the short role and, and Duncan's on that one side and they basically like when you have out of bio in this increased enhanced offensive uh, caliber, let's say, and then now Butler's in the short role, Duncan's on that side, like they, they really can't do anything. So aside from, from what Duncan is doing differently, individually offensively uh you know because Grady's touched on some of that what are you seeing from Duncan um that's different that's unlocking stuff for other guys we know it's like gravity but I feel like that's getting lazy like to this point like everyone knows Duncan Robinson is a great shooter so yeah that's one they're not leaving him open yeah great but like what other stuff is Duncan Robinson doing um off ball maybe that you're seeing that's uh, creating opportunities early in this season for uh, teammates? Well, the thing is, you guys have already touched on a lot of it, but really the gravity is just kind of the broad term to put on what he does because he just does that at such a high level because he never stops moving, right? And that's kind of a cliche thing to say about, I think, elite shooters is something that you would always hear, at least like growing up for me about Rip Hamilton or Ray Allen, you know, guys of that caliber that you constantly that you're hearing them say that on the national broadcast. But it's obvious because when you're there watching it in front of him, it's like, oh, my God, they're just constantly running. And Duncan, that's how he's that's how he's, you know, leveraging the threat that he has. But really, it's not about what he's doing out there. Right. And and what Brady's talking about him having these counters for when they top lock or for when they give him these little spaces for him to, you know, cut and do things like that. I do agree. He, he can't get better at that. I'm, I'm glad he's shown he's flashed some of those things already. That's pretty much all I want him to get better at on offense because other than that it's some of the things you guys touched about is how many more options they have now not only because of Duncan but because of Kyle and specifically what you guys were talking about with Jimmy as the roller that's something that, that I think they went to a little bit in the finals when Bam and Goran were out and spoke kind of enhanced that scoring playbook for Jimmy where they just got, got him in his spots in different ways and we're seeing a lot of it when Kyle was on the floor and now when Kyle was off the floor too because we I think they were doing it with uh, you know, they were running Tyler Jimmy pick and rolls. I don't know. I got to look back, but uh, him being used in so many different ways and just going back to being Jimmy G buckets, uh, it's a welcome surprise just it happening so early. And I think it's more than sustainable. And that's why I was just so high on him, on him being that high points per game guy because Kyle was really putting him back into that position. But he's getting all these easy points and, and going to have, I think, a lot of these high efficiency games if he's just getting the ball in his spots over and over, whether it's on the, you know, short wing or as a roller. Yeah, no, that, that that's a really good point. And, and it's funny that it all cycles back to the shooting with, with Duncan to some degree, because like that, the threat of Duncan as a shooter is probably going to end up being just as valuable as any of these other things to some degree, just like the, the idea. I think Jimmy, being, a lot more one-on-one -on -one matchups. Exactly. And also bam. And I think that like, th those are things that, that we can't look past that. I, I particularly I've watched him move off ball in ways that, um, that look less like he's backpedaling to a spot on the floor and more like he's moving with intent through the lane and stuff like that. So I, I I've personally seen that and I am not the guy that has the eye for that kind of stuff. So I've, I, I do, I want us all to acknowledge that obviously Duncan Robinson is being paid to shoot the basketball and make threes. So like, 
eventually that percentage is going to have to come up. I think he's at 35% right now, something like that, but it's too early. It's three games in. So I think that like the least thing to to say that also, because they have a tough schedule right now coming up. So I think it's like you want them to hit these shots in these big games. You you definitely want him to hit them tomorrow. Right. I think that Brooklyn game, he's going to be a little bit more under the spotlight with that, you know, that matchup. Yeah, no, that's very true. And, and this stretch of games is going to definitely be difficult. So um, l- let's pivot here. Let's go directly to Duncan's defense because um, this is one where he's gotten picked on. People have said that he's being hunted so far this season. I'm seeing a lot less of it. Um, you know, I went hunting for defensive rating on off numbers so far, and, and the team's better when Duncan's on the floor so far. Uh, and an 89 defensive rating t- the last time I checked is pretty damn good. I mean, I'm no analytic genius, Brady. Um, what have you seen from Duncan Robinson defensively that jumps out at you so far? That's not necessarily, I'm not looking for you to wax poetic about how great Duncan Robinson is as a defender. What do you see that's different from you from last year? Yeah. As we touch on the defensive rating stuff that we talked about pre-show, it's, playing next to four, you know, high caliber defensive players in the starting lineup, I think enhances that a little bit. Um, but I don't think it's, it's to the degree that it once was on the defensive end where he's getting picked on. He's still getting picked on because if you're facing a Miami Heat starting defense, most of the time you're going to go at Duncan Robinson. When PJ Tucker, Bam, Kyle, and Jimmy are standing on the defensive end, you're going to try to ISO uh, Duncan if you have a talented wing, which a lot of teams, especially in this upcoming schedule, when you talk about this starting to heat up, most of these teams have a really talented wing that are probably going to attack Duncan. Um, but when I think about kind of him expanding on that end, I think about the Boston game. Like, I feel like he always gives Tatum a little bit of trouble. And, and it's not because of one thing or the other. I think that when he's able to use his length uh, on shot attempts specifically, I think that he's able to do that a little bit better. I just feel like he's not going to stop anybody um he's not going to be able to kind of really stop drives or attacks I don't think that's his uh forte but I think that when you have guys that are predominantly step back sidestep mid-range you know three point he can do his best to kind of use that length and that wingspan to try to alter jump shots um so I think that's pretty much the only thing I don't think that you know we could talk about the money value but as you mentioned it's just the shoot threes like really if he makes the threes it's all coming together on this team as much you don't really worry about the defensive stuff as we, you know, we harped on it so much last season because they just had so many holes on that end that now with kind of that being bumped down little by little, you know, the only lineups really you're going to have trouble was Tyler and Duncan. And with the offense that you're getting from those guys right now, obviously Tyler, mostly you don't really worry about that either. So if he can just give guys a little bit of trouble and, and just continue to develop that ability to kind of alter shots, um, and if people can beat him off the dribble, you have so much help in weak side defending that you don't really have to worry about it. So if he just continues that part, then I think he'll be fine. Alex, what what do we make of the career high five rebounds a game? I mean, that's two boards more than he's ever gotten. Like, and it's early again. We're small sample size theater all week on five on the floor. So uh, just know that to our listeners out there. Um, but five rebounds a game, like what are you seeing anything schematically differently that's leading to him getting that? Or is that just like just the maturation point of his game, like that he's kind of just each stat is taking a small uptick as he's kind of growing into his prime? That could be it. I'm not 100 percent sure. I also think this team is going a little bit more for the rebounds than they have in the past. I'm not 100 percent sure if that's uh, 
something that they're just focusing on, you know, a little bit less on getting back in transition and some guys in the front court maybe going for the rebounds more. That could be it. That could be an explanation, but he is 6'9". So I like that he's getting some rebounds now, kind of making it known, yeah, I'm 6'9 with a seven-foot wingspan. You, you could be able to, you know, to grab, grab some rebounds. But look, man, I, I think like Brady said, he is that guy that is always going to get picked on in the starting lineup. It's just the best way of generating offense. Like you, you're going to go at Duncan instead of going at Lowry, Jimmy, Bam, or P.J. Tucker. It's just that it's what's going to happen. And so I, I think he knows that. And I think he knows what he has to do, what he has to get better at. There's only so much he can do, to be fair, because of the physical limitations he has. It's, uh, you know, he can't. he's in the league because of how special a shooter he is. I'm going to say it like that, right? So he's gotten better over the years. And I, I like that he does his best to stay in front of guys. I think he gets exposed more versus quick and shiftier guards. And even though he has a length to kind of give guys trouble, somebody who can just kind of, you know, turn, get him to turn his body and drive right by him, I think that's, that, that's where he gets exposed. Other than that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I like, I like him against wings, and I like him against some guys who are a little bit bigger, maybe guys who don't post up too much, you know what I'm saying? I just think uh, versus elite guys, they're going to pick at him, and the Heat are known for helping a lot, so I'm not particularly worried about it either. It's just going to be a lot of hands in the passing lanes. Yeah, no, and the help has to always come with him. And there's certain guys that are always going to need that help. Uh, and I, I'm going to hit you with one more Duncan question um, that you would get likely from a Twitter account that ended with a whole bunch of numbers and probably had an egg as an avatar. But before I get that question to you guys and give you the real sports 
hacky take. Um, I want to tell you about another one of the great sponsors of Five on the Floor and Five Reasons Sports Network, and it's my favorite daily fantasy platform, and that's Prize Picks. Um, so super cool. They, you essentially, it, it's like three steps. You pick your favorite stars, go on the app. You can go multi-sports, pick your favorite stars between two and five, regardless of sport, mix and match. You choose their over under. So for NFL, for instance, quarterbacks, they have, you know, 290 yards. Do you think that Patrick Mahomes will go over or under that? Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett, is he going to throw 500 interceptions? Go over. Um, and then you make those picks and then you watch your players win. The more you pick correctly, you stack them together, you win more money. So uh, you download the prize picks app, use promo code five at sign up. That's F I V E. So you use that at sign up and you'll get your first deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. So that's straight up money that you can start playing with immediately. Uh, it's daily fantasy made easy. Again, that's prizepicks.com. You can follow them on Twitter at prize picks or uh, download the app wherever you uh, get your apps from. Definitely check it out. Uh, the official Daily Fantasy uh, sponsor of Before Floor. So uh, getting back to the, the sports hacky question for you guys, what are we going to say to the fan base when they start screaming, why the hell is Tyler Hero not starting over Duncan Robinson? Like, Because that's coming, right? Like That's going to be the loud casual fan hot take lazy thing right like and i know i'm probably being a little harsh but like isn't that it right why is tyler not starting over duncan is it that simple alex i'm gonna start with you and hit you with the hard-hitting question from twitter user 2587820 um why the hell is tyler hero not starting over duncan if he's playing so much better than him i appreciate you holding me accountable uh but i think I mean, look, it's kind of fair, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm with them, uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that Tyler Hero is a starter-level player at this point. I think maybe you people could have qualms about it last season, even though I thought he was kind of a starter-level player last season too. Uh, I think there's no doubt about it now, right? He is that level of player. I just think it comes down to wanting to keep him into that six-man role where it's kind of clear – uh, what his role is, right? Like he's playing, whether it's in those lineups where Jimmy, where things are maybe a little bit more slowed down or the lineups where Lowry, where they're running like hell. Uh, I think he fits pretty well in both of them as just like a, uh, not a glue guy, but a glue scorer, right? Like that's where he comes in. Like he's the guy that, that kind of bridges those lineups, I feel, and, and picks his spots as a scorer more often. He looks really confident. Uh, and I know Brady has pointed this out as well. I just like, uh, as a ball handler, but being more patient, you know, keeping guys on his hip and then really like whether he's firing up in the mid range, which by the way, he looks awesome in or getting the, the skip pass or the bounce, the, 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 the bounce down pass into the paint. Like he just looks a lot more confident, right? I think he's getting better and he still is, is going to get better at making the right reads, but like it's, it's all about good things for, for when it comes to Tyler for me at this point. Right. It's kind of like first world problems, Brady. Like, do you think eventually Tyler is going to take over? Like he's going to be so good that it's just going to be undeniable. Like it got to a point with Dwayne and we have to be careful not to, to do too much paralleling Dwayne's career to Tyler's. It's not fair folks. And I am the first one that loves to uh, romanticize all these guys' careers, but come on, man, there's never going to be another Dwayne, but there came a point where we knew. Dwayne had to start. 
Like, is that, is that coming? Like, like it's, and cause if you look at the starting lineup, I guess this is where my question is ultimately going for, for either of you, but Brady directly to you first, is it more likely that Tyler gets inserted for Duncan or does Jimmy end up at the four and we see Tyler and Duncan playing together? Is that the more likely route as we get in the season, just predicting kind of out. I know we're three games in where, where do you see that heading? I, I think it's definitely more likely for him to go in for Duncan just because especially in a regular season setting, I just can't see Jimmy at the four. And I, I don't know about that bench rotation. If you're playing PJ at the three, Markeith at the four and, and Deadman at the five, I just, I don't think that's going to be a long-term option. But um, like a game seven, I mean, like, you know, where you're only going to play like six guys, right. seven guys, okay. like, like I, I'm, I think that that kind of stuff is interesting to think about on the third game of the season. <laughs> then I, then I think maybe you can lean there a little bit more, but it feels like PJ Tucker is going to be trusted in a game seven where, especially on the defensive end, you're going to want P.J. Tucker out there. Um, but the interesting thing, I think, about the, the discussion about Tyler here in the starting lineup, if you're saying he's going in for Duncan, the interesting part about this team is that you have basically two initiators on the tee, uh, on the floor at all times, as we've been saying. You're starting out the game with all four of them, and, and you're basically just kind of revolving guys in, and it's kind of a mess from there where you're able to now bring Tyler in. You take what Jimmy or, or Kyle comes out, you leave Tyler in, then Bam comes out and you have Tyler and Jimmy running and then they kind of revolve it in from there. It just seems like they have such a system going to begin the year that if they're going to go in any direction, it just feels like they're not going to go in that way. And if you look at the flip side, would Duncan thrive in that type of role as well? Like if he's with, you know, a bunch of slower veteran guys that are, you know, more revolving around that type of offense that aren't fast paced trying to get him the ball. I don't think that would work as much either. Um, and ultimately, Eric Spolster was the head coach. And, and as we've talked about, you guys have mentioned time and time again, is that Duncan Robinson is his guy. Like, that's the guy that revolves this offense. And he just kind of is the glue of what they like to do. That it feels like Tyler Hero as a sixth man. It's not just to get an award at the end of the year, try to contend for sixth man of the year. It's because he's kind of thriving in this role that we're talking about. And he's able to do so many of these things that we're seeing. And if this team is winning, they're not changing him. Right. Alex, so quick question here. As long as Jimmy and Bam are the focal points of this team, the top two guys, is it basically a prerequisite that Duncan Robinson is going to be playing in that lineup with those guys in a starting lineup? Like that's just how that, that, that is. Do you think that is that hard line or um, am I making too much of the fact that you need a Duncan level shooter in that lineup with Jimmy and Bam? I don't think, that it's the only way you can go about things. That's why I said earlier that it's fair to, to question why Tyler isn't in the starting lineup. But ultimately, I lean towards doing it in that way. And I was even thinking about it more as you guys were talking. And I couldn't agree with Brady more. It's just like, yeah, you could theoretically do that. They're not just going to run, you know, like if they were to start Tyler, they're not going to run a bench lineup without any of those four initiators, right? So I just think like the staggering is going to come no matter how you start this team. I just think that Duncan is going to be ultimately the starter and Tyler has been the closer before taking this jump. So I think it's likely going to lean that way in, in the sense of that it's going to stay that way. Right. I, I we haven't seen those situations yet, but uh, I think Tyler is more, more than likely to be the closer uh, rather than Duncan. I think Spoh's going to lean on PJ a lot. And even though I do think that that smaller lineup, could be the secret weapon versus some teams. Uh, I, I think I'm not sure how much we're going to see uh, of it in the regular season. So, look, man, 
Tyler could be a starter. They can make it work. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Duncan, that's the best way to optimize him by keep, keeping him with the starters. And it just makes things easier for their best players. And it's probably just the best way to go. And, and by the way, I just want to mention, looking at the minutes yesterday, even Tyler Hero at 30 minutes, Duncan Robinson at 27. And, and the same thing with Markeith, 25 minutes for Markeith, 21 for PJ. Like, this is the definition of a team that does not care about who comes out, you know, to begin a game on the floor. Like, they're going to change stuff around all game. They're not going to have the start, same starting lineup all year. As we were talking about yesterday, you could see Markeith starts just thrown in there all of a sudden. Like, they're going to mix things up all, all around that Tyler's probably going to have be up there with the Jimmy minutes and band minutes every game. And Duncan's kind of going to be that starter that comes in and, and plays good amount of minutes as well. Like, don't get me wrong. He's going to play a lot of minutes, but it's just going to be in a different way in the last four minutes of the game. Tyler here is going to be out there. Yeah. I'm totally with you with that. All right. So we're going to go ahead and close here. So um, w- when I say rapid fire, nothing is ever that rapid fire around here. Like let, let's the, the listeners have already joked at, at us. Um, yeah. Right. At, at Alex specifically, but but just a little bit of rapid fire because I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we do have a before floor tomorrow and a bunch of content coming related to um, Brooklyn and Miami. So I want I want from each of you something thoughtful and then a hot take for tomorrow night. So like, what are you looking for that is, so when I say something thoughtful, like give me something serious that you guys are looking for tomorrow night specifically. And then uh, uh, your your hottest take as we get into the Brooklyn Miami matchup because to me, like this is conference finals preview type stuff, right? Like I'm I'm getting yeah, ahead of myself exactly. So so Alex, I'll start with you. I like it. I like the energy here, uh, but I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I'm looking forward to see because I think I believe they've been starting Blake and Claxton as their front court, and then uh, KD at the three. So. I want to see how much they, because they were, I think, the switchiest team last year as far as how much they switch versus how much they drop. I want to see what they're going to do versus the Heat, because if they do drop, that's going to be an opening for Lowry to really get into his uh, three-point shooting bag, which we have, we've seen him be a little bit hesitant, right? Like, there's been a, a game where he fires a lot, a game where he doesn't fire a lot. So I would like to see that. And, and the same thing goes for Tyler off the bench. I think he's going to go off in this game just because, uh, I think they're going to play some some of those slower guys off the bench. They're not playing their best defenders, I believe, uh, in those lineups. Maybe if Bruce Brown is guarding him, that's the one way where he doesn't go off. But I just think Tyler's going to see a lot of food there in some of those bench units with like Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, out there. So, and then a hot take: uh, Bam is going to go off again. I think Bam is another guy who sees food versus Brooklyn. And and even if they've got some guys up there in the front court, I think he's you know. They're not bad defenders. Blake and Claxton can D up, but I think he he has that mentality versus Brooklyn. And maybe I'm just saying that because I was at that game where he dropped 40 versus them and hit the game winner. So it's like that's I'm expecting that Bam to come out again. But I kind of am. Like I think he's he's flipped the switch to a certain extent this season, and I think we're gonna see it again tomorrow night. Ready? What you got? Yeah, Alex touched on the offensive stuff. I think defensively, if you look at the other side, I think I'm interested in. The P.J. Tucker matchup specifically, like we saw what he did in that. Stole it from me. (laughs) You see what he did in that past series where he was just, you're not going to stop Kevin Durant in any way, but you have to try to slow him down. Uh, And you've seen the relationship between the two guys. And just in that series, you saw how much he was in his grill, kind of knows how to defend him positionally. Um, And I think that's interesting because 
you don't have to worry about Dan specifically. Like he's going to be guarding Claxton. You have him as a weak side guy that can come over on KD. If he happens to drive by him, you could kind of angle him that way. It just seems like defensively, you feel a lot more comfortable against this Brooklyn team. Obviously without Kyrie Irving, it's, <laughs> you feel more comfortable in general, but you just feel more comfortable with, with the guys that they have on this team defensively. And I think what Jimmy would probably be guarding Blake if they go that route it, with, you know, that starting lineup, Eric Reed will be fun to listen to tomorrow night. And, um, yeah, and I think, think they can, about that <laughs> and they can, they can kind of go about a lot of different things defensively. And I think you want to see, um, would, would Kyle be guarding James or Harden or would, would Jimmy, like, I don't know how they would kind of go about that, that it's a good question. Um, but just to, cause Alex alluded to the starting lineup, but I think Brooklyn against Washington and they won the game by 14 the other night. Um, they made a change in the starting lineup and they inserted Bruce Brown. So they went small yep. with Blake Griffin at the five and then KD Harris Brown and Harden. So I think that would, that, that would be even better for Miami because then you can kind of really, really move match up. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you put Jimmy on Harden, you kind of, then you have Bam really being the weak side kind of swarmer when you can kind of, he'll lay off of Blake Griffin a little bit more and can be that weak side guy. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. I think I did this, the defensive stuff in general, uh, and my hot take would probably be, I think, a back-to-back big-time Jimmy performance, another 30-plus point night. That's, I, I think we could see that just with the energy that's probably going to be around this game. And I think – How didn't they put Bruce Brown on him? I still oh, think he gets 30. Food. Um, so my, what, what, what smart thing do I have to say? It sucks that they have Patty Mills on the bench. That sucks. Um, oh, no. This, this – uh, DeAndre Bembry dude like Nikias likes him so that means that he's probably good and he, he was he in, he wasn't in Brooklyn last year right no I don't think so all right he's you guys don't really know and that's okay I don't remember him in Brooklyn so he's gonna probably give us some trouble um I'm not afraid of Millsap I like Javon Carter so they just got some guys on the bench I'm not fans of but um but I think the Heat are going to come into this game. Like, this is one of those games that they get up for. I like the matchups. Um, that's about as smart of a, uh, of a analysis as you're getting from me because I'm a sunshine pumping culture driving force. Um, so my hot take is Kyle Lowry's dropping 30 or more tomorrow. Like, that's, what's, that's what you are going to see. Kyle Lowry wow. has not had that offensive game. This is going to be the night that we see – I don't know, seven threes, Kyle, the, the, the scoring Kyle Lowry visits, um, heat fans. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess that's basically it. I never close as smooth as Ethan does because that's just the way that this goes. Thank you for joining us as we broke down. Duncan Robinson got you a little bit prepared for Brooklyn. Um, make sure to check out all of the streams. We'll be going live post pre pregame post game. Um, check out all the other content, fivereasonsports.com. Thank you for listening. Blake is the five Batman dropping 40 again. No ceiling. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five reasons sports network.